the space to hear from those that work with children, young people and families from within our Baptist family and other experts. Joining the dots with Emma Moore and Claire Hooper. Well, it's great to be back and welcome to another of our podcasts. It's been lovely that Claire's been able to get alongside and talk to Gemma, who is going to be bringing wonderful stories to us today. Claire, how was it when you met with Gemma? It was great. I've never met her before. So it's always a little bit weird, isn't it? When you're, you're having these really great chats with people that you've only just kind of encountered. Unlike, well, you you and um, Lucy had a bit of a history. <laughs> and um, But it was it was really great. And uh, um, she brought a really interesting angle to the intergenerational um, ministry. In particular, um, just that sense of you could do mission together, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. And she doesn't really like, not that she doesn't like the word intergenerational, but she's come a bit jargony. She's just like, it's just people chatting and getting to know each other and doing life together, isn't it? And I kind of, yeah, we've made it into something which actually should be pretty, uh, we should be good at just being alongside and connecting. So I kind of really liked her down-to-earthness um, in, in it all. But we know that um, intergenerational ministry or just chatting with those that are of a different generation to you, um, it, it's been a bit of a journey for churches. I, th I feel that um, it's, it's, it's like not, I can't think of a church that is just doing it through and through. Um, that's just in their DNA. And I want, guess that we've all been on a bit of a journey um, with that. And so Emma, I'd be really interested to know what's your journey been with intergenerational ministry? Yeah, so from a personal perspective, intergenerational ministry sort of was was there, it was embedded. So this is back in the late 70s, early 80s. It seemed that as, as children, we were just brought into the church congregation. As you reflect on that, as you get older, you realise that it wasn't quite as embedded as maybe you would have thought it was. But because Sunday school was in a, on a Sunday afternoon, you sort of went to your own thing on a Sunday afternoon, but you were part of all the services and everything else that happened during the course of the week. So there sort of wasn't, there was a youth group, but there was, sort of wasn't, there was helping hands on a Monday that was all family orientated. And then we all went swimming on a Thursday. And so all of those sorts of things were there back then. And then it gave, became far more disjointed. And I think what we're trying to do at the moment is, is go back to that, connected way of being mm. and and I would say that we've sort of got it and then we sort of haven't so we've done things like the the litter picks we do as a, a church and uh, and then everybody of all age groups come along and it's lovely because you've got the the youngest going alongside the oldest and and again you know sort of visiting people we've we've got some of the children go visiting and that's that's really great um and then there's this family church aspect where it is just families of every generation gathered around, put my teeth in, mm -hmm. gathered around tables uh, and doing church together as opposed to the we do this bit, you do that bit. And I, I but I think to truly embed it needs to be a combination of all of those generations of ministry somehow coming together and saying, I think one of the important things that sometimes gets said, isn't it, about how do we value every voice? Mm -hmm. Because you know, sometimes we can put a massive emphasis on hearing the child's voice, which is right to do, and we should, but then we don't listen to the older voice. Um, 
or you know the working voice or you know and I think it's having that spectrum of, of the young listening to the old the old listening to the young and having this dialogue all the way through the spectrum of ages and it not being tokenism mm. it being properly valued and loads of dignity in that and respect and yeah being able to bring the best out in everybody yeah so I hope people realise that we're all on a bit of a journey with this, a bit of a cliche, I know. But um, wherever you're at with this journey, we just really hope that these kind of interviews that we're doing can just give you a little bit more of an insight or a little bit more of a way forward for you. And so without further ado, we'll kind of listen in to hear what Gemma has to say. And she's from an organisation, a charity called Truth Be Told. So today we're joined by Gemma and uh, we've only just met and I can already tell from our initial kind of chit chat that Gemma has got lots um, of valuable insight and wisdom to share about intergenerational ministry. So welcome Gemma and I wonder if you could tell our listeners a bit about yourself and, um, and I know that you work for an organisation, tell us a little bit about that as well, that'd be great. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, my name's Gemma Gillard, and I'm the founder and CEO of Truth Be Told, Storytelling for Life, which is an intergenerational storytelling charity. I'm based down in Poole in Dorset, but the, um, the way that we run is, is a kind of national equipping and resourcing organisation. So we help churches to um, go into care homes and run groups in their churches for little children, their parents and older adults, so either residents in care homes or in the community. Wow, so that sounds intergenerational by its very kind of nature. Now you were telling me a little bit about your heart around intergenerational uh, ministry and I wonder if you could share, share that again because it was just absolutely wonderful to hear the passion that you had around um, your understanding of intergenerational. Yeah, sure. So our vision as a charity is that um, yeah, that, you know, intergenerational is basically just God's heart for us. It's the beautiful family of God and intergenerational love and devotion and truth be told exists to show everyone that they're invited to belong. And uh, that came from really just my heart that actually we, we've kind of created this big long word and uh, it feels so right because that's how God designed us to be. He created us all to be a family and we don't believe uh, truth be told that you need to be blood relatives to be family we are all adopted as sons and daughters of the high wonderful living king jesus and so it's amazing to be able to invite other people into that family as well no matter what their age is um so it's something that's really you know been in in my heart for a very very long time and it was only in january 2019 when we moved to paul and we moved opposite a care home I decided that um, the storytelling group that I had um, implemented at a church play group back in London could work really well in a care home um, situation and so they were really willing to give it a go and, um, and we were able to then replicate that little project in that one little care home uh, and yeah grew to other care homes and then we were able to win the Cinnamon Network Project Lab competition for innovative social action projects that are helping the health and well-being of their community and uh, and now we are replicating this project uh, with other churches across the country which is really exciting and 
And now we're starting to go back into care homes and see joy and hope. Um, yeah, really coming, coming to life again. So can you paint a picture for us? Because um, I think a lot of us might not be aware of what, 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 what do you do when you go into the care homes? What, is, what, what happens? Yeah, sure. So what we do um, as, a, as a kind of HQ team is that we train and resource new fledgling storytellers who don't in any way have to be. Um, a professional that's probably what all of us do in our day-to-day -day running of a toddler group is tell the story at the end and, and you know sing a few songs um, so we've got a curriculum of um, lots of different themes and truths so there's animals and um, the body and uh, transport that kind of thing and then there's a related truth as well so I've written bespoke set of stories each one of which has got a different truth they're based on parables of, of Jesus but they're blown up into a totally different um in into a different story so the parable of the prodigal son becomes a Zimbabwean elephant <laughs> who wants to run to the front of the queue of the elephants with someone at the front rather than staying with his mum and then he hurts his foot and he has to come back and say that he's sorry um, and then we just explain that that's just like a story that Jesus tells in the Bible because he wants us to know that we're special and so that is the truth of the week. I am special. And we have stickers that say that. And then we have a bag that's covered in pockets and full of creative, reminiscent, really tactile props. And, uh, and so the children come and they get one of these, uh, they pick one of these pockets, take a couple of props from the bag, and they go and hand one of the props to one of their older friends sitting on the chairs. So that might be a resident if we're in a care home, or it might be just someone from the congregation, older you know, member of the congregational community in the church building. And then we sing a really beautifully recorded nursery rhyme. So we do kind of three of those uh, pockets and then we tell the story and then we sing Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. And we have a bubble, uh, you know, bubble machine and parachute. And then we have stickers and um, yeah, you know, chat. And it's absolutely beautiful to have refreshments and, and really it's a vehicle. What I say is it's like a drawbridge and it helps the church to take their community by the hand and show them who Jesus is and show them who the family of God is and that we aren't as a church just interested in our own buildings, that we love everybody and we will go and find the lost and lonely. We don't just wait for them to come to us. Um, so that's, that's really the heart and the passion behind it. So oh, that's really beautiful. And so, so you might have like a few families or you might have like some people in the, and then with um, like almost like, a, like taking the toddler group to the care home. Is that, would that be right? That is exactly right. And so we have partner churches who do just that. They have an existing group of families that come along to one of their toddler groups and they just branch out and go into, into the care home. We have other churches who um, now have decided to stop their toddler group and stop their older adult ministry because actually Truth Be Told just beautifully does that. Mm -hmm. um, and instead of kind of creating lots of ministries that do lots of different things, we're saying you can easily just do one thing and do it really well, make it really welcoming for everyone. Um, so there's lots of different ways of, ways of doing it, um, yeah. That's just incredible because often when we talk about intergenerational, we automatically think about a worship service on a Sunday morning and you've already just broken out of that kind of box and kind of restrictive understanding of what it means to gather together. Um, and, and there's a, a there's a mission element to it as well. And so, OK, different generations doing mission together and learning together is 
I, I, it's incredible. I'm, I just think that's really exciting. And I hope people have kind of captured that vision and, and we'll look to see what might be possible in their kind of context um, in that way. So you must be really delighted that actually, I think more churches are wanting to grasp um, intergenerational working, are wanting to work across the generations, but they really do struggle to work that out in practice. So you've given us one really fantastic example, but what, what about for Sundays, would you say, where I just know that churches, we all go into our silos of our different ages and, and go off into our different groups and in different rooms and all that kind of thing. What would, would you bring a challenge or an encouragement into that kind of context? Yeah, I think um, one of the words that I love and that really has you know, been so formative for Truth Be Told is the word confelicity. <laughs> uh, it's C-O-N-F-E-L-I-C-I-T-Y, confelicity. And it means taking pleasure in others' pleasure. Oh. And um, that really is like the fundamental basis of, um, of, of Truth Be Told. It, when we see other people taking pleasure we take pleasure ourselves and if you just think about um you know a family situation let's think of a family christmas um and you know the grandparents are in the room and they're watching their parents sorry they're watching their children mm -hmm. open presents or um being loving towards their grandchildren and the grandchildren taking delight in going to see the grandparents and showing them what they've just opened or when one of them gets, you know, custard all over their face. And it's just that like beautiful devotion and love towards one another. And so sometimes I think we can think, what can we do to this person or for this person that will meet their specific needs? But when it works well, confelicity is in the, is in the mix. And then if you take that up to another level and you think about how God looks on us and you think that must be his his joy and delight is in us isn't it he he you know receives that sense of joy as he he is with us his children and um and so if you can start to think about some of the initiatives that you do in your church with that sort of filter of confelicity okay so who is taking pleasure kind of being with another generation and how can we make that really enjoyable for that other generation if they do something that involve somebody else rather than kind of being very specific and looking at each generation and what they specifically need mm. um, and you encourage that kind of atmosphere of confelicity then um, then that joy is complete in a way you know that circle of joy is you're looking upon each one um, and how they're enjoying the other generation I hope that makes sense and that's yeah not too no it's, it's, it's a lovely <laughs> image and I think Christmas is a really good example and and actually a lot of the feast kind of days are good examples of when we can do that um generations come together we can do it really 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 well um in that way I was just, I was just making myself laugh because I was thinking a uh, little bit of a story here but um when it was a couple of Christmases ago my nan bless her she's like 94 she'd put she'd wrapped up my mum a present and my mum opened it and she goes what was this and my nan had given her a box of um crunchy ice creams that had been under the tree for three days because she thought they were chocolates and hadn't realized they were ice cream so <laughs> my mum had this soggy box of and it was really funny but it kind of <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking so like stories obviously bring generations together don't they and, and humor does and I was thinking you know like um laughing together is a really good thing food is another one isn't it what would you say are some of the things that actually can bring the generations together because we all share the same language with it 
Mm, well, I, I mean, obviously, I've got a passion as a storyteller. You know, storytelling is just you know in me. But really, whenever we do training and we talk about people's favourite stories, it always goes back to stories that were told to them by their mum, their dad, their grandparents. Yeah. There is just something so um, so moving and so powerful in story and uh you know we know that from god's word don't we because there's it's just full of individual stories and then it's got this overarching wonderful story of redemption that we're all a part of and so god purposely made us storytellers and uh, it's not just reserved for those of us who love amdram it's for all of us <laughs> you know it really is because we, we we all have these wonderful experiences that we can draw on and share and what we found at Truth Be Told is that there is nothing more life affirming than somebody asking you about your experience or your stories. So during our sessions, we talk about, you know, has, you know, depending on the theme, let's say it's transport. Can anyone remember their first car? What was their first car? And what was your first journey that you went on? And the amazing wealth of information and lovely experiences and funny stories, like you say, that come up from that. Um, and for somebody to be really interested in you, it's really, really powerful. And we've just been I'm working with a, a university at the moment uh, who's done a big loneliness project. And they are pretty much convinced that story, telling stories and, and storytelling is one of the main vehicles to tackle loneliness and isolation. And that doesn't just have to be residents in care homes. It doesn't have to be people um, living on the streets around you. It can be those older members of your congregation who come in week in, week out, um, just engaging them and asking them about simple experiences of their life can be fascinating for us and also so encouraging for them for somebody to be interested and genuinely authentically interested in them and I think the other thing about um, intergenerational work is that it has to be mutual and so I think often we can uh, you know sometimes with with social action um, initiatives sometimes we can kind of get into this place where we are showering mercy on somebody in need and actually it has to be mutually beneficial um, and we all have to uh, uh, you know just enjoy the process and that's you know what I've definitely seen in, in Truth Be Told in the ministry and the work that we do is we feel so blessed to hear the stories and experiences of other people from different generations and so do they. It's uh, no one's showering mercy on any anyone else. We all need each other. We work together as a family. And that's really, really important. So even if it's just seeing somebody who is of a different generation to you, whatever generation you are, and um, just asking about some simple experiences and getting those stories told, um, you can get so much wisdom and experience from those. Yeah. Now, I... I um... I think yeah, storytelling is, is is just it's a real gift, isn't it? And actually, giving someone the time to be able to tell their story is a real gift, and it's something we can all do. Do you mean you don't have to be an expert in giving somebody time to be able to do that? <laughs> all generations can do it. And and the other thing I think is really interesting is about asking questions. So actually, we can sometimes be so quick to give opinions and to try and get our voice in, but just to be able to ask the question. Um, but I think we I think that can 
take a bit of practice so I think people might have lost the art of it a little bit of actually asking a good question that opens up a you know it's a fascinating kind of conversation um really in that way but we should be a people of um story because like you said you know <laughs> we, we are a people of story we are a people of the story and Jesus he was forever asking questions wasn't he he was it was like responding to people with another question so again I think we should be good at this stuff but we kind of somehow lost the art of it a little bit so you must be so excited and encouraging to see it kind of growing again that sort of way of relating yes it is it's it is wonderful it's beautiful and uh and I think COVID has taught us all hasn't it how how siloed we really are and mm -hmm. um you know it, especially those in in care homes there are just there's just so much need. And uh, one of the things that I found during COVID was that there was a lot of media attention on um, relatives of residents not being able to go and visit and that we need to make sure that those um, those family members, those loved ones can visit their, uh, their loved ones in care homes. But what we found is that there's, you know, studies show that over 50% of care home residents never have a visitor. Yeah. Um, so all of that, you know, let's make sure that there can be people going in. Actually, there aren't, there's not in reality a whole queue of people waiting outside a care home desperate to get in. That isn't, that isn't the reality. And so without initiatives, community initiatives like ours, actually some of those residents have, have no external um, input whatsoever. And, and, and that's just heartbreaking, isn't it? And I think for myself, you know, and, and, and maybe the majority of people listening, when you, you've been part of a church and church family and community and you're giving every week and you're part of this rotor and that rotor and you get involved in this and that, and then you go into a care home and then all of those things disappear and you haven't got a purpose or a role anymore. And actually that can be really, really difficult to cope with. And so there's care homes who are really desperate to include the community but also have a spiritual duty of care to their residents and that's been interesting to talk uh, with them about as well and they see what the work that we do as another uh, sort of spiritual expression they can offer to their residents who some of whom will have been going to church all their lives and then may have a, a you know a, a vicar or a priest um, or a pastor coming in once every month or you know to do a communion service or something but truth be told can offer something like that as well so yeah it's it, it is really exciting it's really exciting and, it, and it's heartbreaking isn't it the more you find out about the people that you love and serve the more it spurs you on to do more and more yeah yeah and uh, um in some ways there is can be a generation that's a bit of a forgotten generation in that way and you say that that figure of was it 50 percent that didn't have visitors is just huge and again that gift of time which we can all do or choose to do and give spending time I think it just gives them value and that worth and actually you do want to know them no, knowing somebody is like it's it's huge isn't it I think it's just it's just huge and it's something about our identity and all these really deep spiritual existential kind of <laughs> things really and 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 we can we can be part of that you don't have to be super clever you don't have to be super confident or anything like that you just have to be yourself and uh yeah and then you could be the gift for somebody can't you and that's just amazing um in that way i'm, I'm kind of I've, I've got loads of thoughts going on in my head about what can i do locally with my 
<laughs> my area um uh, in that way because i was thinking because if you might be going to church for ages and i was thinking how but you could be bringing like that church community to a load of other people and and, and you and i just that's a real again like a real opportunity and i love that intergenerational element to it and um yeah yeah they, there's a real agency that children have they can break and we've all seen it haven't we you know they just break down the barriers there's no barriers they'll go over and chat to somebody they'll you know do it. during our sessions we have like a show and tells you know element so if it's to do with i don't know food or something then they'll bring their you know favorite ice cream flavor or something like that and they'll go and talk about that to that to the older adult and there's just there's no barriers it's just beautiful and that again is just how god made us to be isn't it you know yeah. all together family um, and one of the things that i've seen in the, in the church context is i have found it um now easier if, if we're in this kind of midweek group together where we're having fun and i'm finding out little nuggets about these some of these older adults you know where they went on holiday or um that their favorite place or you know little facts and stories then it's so much easier on a sunday morning to just go over and and chat and say well you know bridget how was that appointment you know you were telling me on wednesday about that appointment um you know you can just follow up it's just real family life um, but I think sometimes it's hard to do that on a Sunday morning if there's no, um, if, if it's cold, you know, and you haven't had that kind of ability to build any sense of relationship. And um, I know as a mum of little children, it's also difficult. So you think, oh, well, I would love to go into a care home and befriend somebody. But actually, how am I going to fit that in? I've got a school run, I've got homework to do, I've got after school club, blah, 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 blah. So actually to, to create something that is easy for everybody involved you can just turn up and be yourselves I think that is yeah. that's key isn't it yeah so would your heart be for maybe for like our more typical traditional church on a Sunday to take on some of these characteristics um because I, I, I was chatting with a mate it was like what who is actually doing intergenerational church we know it's really really important but where are the examples we know of like one-off things that happen but where a church really has it's, it's in their dna it's not just like something a program that they're following but it's who they are um yeah i i don't see many of those examples maybe smaller churches i think are generally better at that maybe than some of the larger kind of churches yeah but would you want to see that impact how we gather together on a sunday morning yeah i think that would be absolutely wonderful um but i think it just so much of this is about relationship and you can't just bring people, people to people, aren't they? And they gravitate towards their own. And that's just, that's just naturally how we are. And um, so I think it's really about relationship and about authentic relationship. And so the more that we can do outside of a Sunday morning to build those good relationships, the easier and more natural it is on a Sunday morning just to all be together um, and to, to chat afterwards and to appreciate one another's differences um so i think all, all of these things have to be have to be relevant they have to be authentic don't they mm -hmm. for you to really feel like you're a member of somebody's family then you've got to have a, a, a really authentic relationship um and so i think any initiative that is taken up should have that kind of element to it how is this going to build the relationships within our church community how is this going to strengthen them and deepen them and widen them and broaden them how are we going to get to know each other better so that then anything we do on a Sunday morning is going to be it's going to feel intergenerational if we're all just a family 
Um, you know, if somebody wants to play an electric guitar loudly, oh, well, I know who you are. I know you. I know your heart. I know you love Jesus. I know what you do for a living. I know, I know your family. I know your little ones. I know the things you struggle with. So suddenly my heart is warm towards you. Um, you know, I, I will come and sit with you and have a cup of tea because I know that you've been to an appointment this week and so you can't stand up and join in with the worship. So I'll come and chat to you afterwards. It just, or everything's just broken down. All the barriers are breaking down because we're just in authentic relationship with each other. But that takes time. And uh, and so, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I love what I do, but I know there's loads of other, it's not, not a panacea, there's loads of other things that you can introduce. But I think if, if behind it all, the consideration is how is this going to deepen our relationships as an intergenerational family of God, then then you'll win. Yeah, no, that's really helpful because I think, you know, like I kind of, I always want to solve the problems of the world kind of thing. And it's, it's not a quick thing. Yeah. Is it? It's not just a program that you pick off the shelf and you implement kind of thing. Actually, it starts with our own hearts and each of us has that responsibility to find out more about our neighbour, um, whoever that is in our church kind of thing. And actually, if we work at building our relationships in that way, and, and maybe Sunday morning isn't the place, but maybe it is over coffee afterwards, or maybe there are some, or it is over the harvest supper or what have you. They, where are the natural places where we can actually maybe um, develop those relationships yeah, more authentically rather than it being this sort of kind of... Uh, route that you need to go down kind of thing um yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense is and it's it, yeah it's much more integrity and it's much more deep rooted then isn't it as well it is and i think if you've got um a sense of actually we don't have to do separate things for everybody but we just need to look at the things that we're already doing and how can we make them um more welcoming to everyone physically welcoming you know taking in terms of sort of barriers to be able to get into the toilet or get into the church or get your coffee you know if you've got crutches or if you've got a walking stick or whatever um but then also just the language that we're using and um just considering all ministries with that kind of intergenerational filter how how welcoming is this going to be if I was 85 how how welcoming would this be if I was four how welcoming would I feel you know if I was 22 how welcomed would I be and just constantly asking those questions about all of the initiatives that, that you're running it might mean that actually some of those initiatives don't have to happen because you think, oh, actually, I think what we've done here is create a space where everyone's going to feel welcome. So maybe we don't need as many mm. different siloed pockets going on in our churches. Um, we could just do this one and this one. And we're just going to be really intentional about welcoming everybody in that. Um, or you might decide to do something specifically intergenerational. But um, just, you know, putting those sort of hats on, those thinking these things through with that that filter yeah no that's well. really helpful this is it's also really empowering isn't it because everyone has a everyone has a part to play so each of us can all make decisions about who we relate to who we talk to who we invite back for coffee or sunday lunch or what have you we can all make that decision and then actually those that are in uh, leadership positions or positions of influence in that way they can have uh they have a responsibility to maybe with intergenerational to think through actually what are our structures and what are our processes and do we ever think about it or view it through with an intergenerational kind of lens and um so yeah it's it is it is we everyone's needed basically for this journey aren't they <laughs> yeah they are they are and i think as we so in our own church we, we used to have a thriving elderly ministry and covid obviously stopped that and a thriving toddler ministry and covid 
kind of stop that as well. So as we're restarting and rethinking, and I think, you know, other churches are in a similar situation, we thought, how are we going to do this differently? And we just decided not to restart the elderly ministry, not to restart the toddler ministry. The only thing we've got available is something where everyone's going to be together. And we just want to make that the norm because we're so aware that everybody can learn from each other and we're so good when we're together as a family um we didn't want to start those silos back up again and that's actually really releasing isn't it because then you're not you're halving the amount of volunteers you need nobody people don't feel like they've got a job and a rotor all the time people are feeling empowered just to come and be themselves and make friends and be family um stripping it back and making it making it simple yeah Oh, thank you. And thank you. Um, our time has gone away quick. I just suddenly realised it's like nearly been like 25 minutes or so. And um, But there's oh, there's so much there for people to kind of begin to unpack about what it means for themselves, what it means for the ministry that God's called them to, what it might mean for their church. You've given us lots of practical kinds of tips, I think, as well. And you've given us a theological kind of grounding. Well. So you have crammed an awful lot. <laughs> into this space so thank you so much for sharing with us and for encouraging us to kind of embark on this kind of journey oh it's such a pleasure and a privilege and if anybody wanted to get in touch for any reason talk about truth told or anything else i'd love to love to hear from anyone so my email address is gemma at truthbetold.org.uk so it'd be great to hear from anyone Brilliant. And we'll, we'll try to remember to put the details uh, on a link as well, which will be on the page. Um, so, yeah. So thank you so much and, uh, and look forward to hearing how it continues to grow and develop. Oh, Claire, what uh, an inspiring time and conversation you had. I, I love the storytelling element. And I think that reflected both when we heard Lucy last week. Uh, and Gemma this week, that the beauty of story and this lovely sense. I, I love the idea of toddlers and uh, those in care facilities coming together. There's, there's just beautiful imagery around that. Thank you so much for doing that interview with her. It just was really, I'm just so excited and buzzing. I've got loads of ideas. It's great you know as I was talking to her I was literally thinking and it, and I could be doing this in my local area and all this it, it really did leave me with thinking oh, oh what, what what could there's a part I can play in this um which I found really empowering but I wonder for our listeners uh what stood out for you and I wonder what your next step might be and I wonder who might join you in this conversation until next time, keep joining those dots. Mm -hmm.